Welcome to Queen of the Ring, the podcast that wants to talk to you about wrestling. My name is Alexa. Warning, I have terrible allergies right now, and if I sound a little bit cloggy or a little bit different than I sometimes do, I apologize for the pollen count in the air. Today, I want to talk about Lourdes Grobey, the first lady of Lucha Libre photography. A lot of the information I got was from the book Lucha Libre, Masked Superstars of Mexican Wrestling Photographs by Lourdes Grobey, written by Carlos Monsive. To be able to capture wrestling in a still shot, all of its theatrics, its performance, kinetic energy, is, seems difficult to say the least. When you look at Lourdes Grobe's work, it strikes you fucking hard. The spaces that she moves through and translates for you through photography is nothing short of breathtaking. And I know this is an audio medium, and to talk about someone who focused focused their career on a visual medium may sound a little silly, but she's a really interesting woman, and I hope this inspires you if you haven't seen her photos to take part in her world, because it's a lovely world to lay in. To quote my primary source from Carlos Monsive, Much of Lourdes Grobe's photographic work deals with transgression, humor, and provocation. Scoffing at the notion of preciousness in the midst of paradox, she has always shown a fighter spirit. She sees through the eyes of those people whose voices generally fall on deaf ears. Going against trends and conventions, she does not seek to make images that suit the discourse which happens to be in vogue. Instead, Those images she has made over the years add power to discourse that questions rather than upholds archetypes. Born in Mexico City on July 25th, 1940. She has the same birthday as my bestie Hannah, but my bestie Hannah was not born in 1940. Her father's side was Swiss and her mom is Mexican. Her father was a Mexican national bicycle champion, so sports were very important in her early life. In an interview, she says she basically grew up at the gymnasium her father owned, and that made her earliest subjects bodybuilders with whom she was fascinated, and that was before she grasped hold of art in a conventional way, I guess. She describes their family with an almost built-in interest in sports, like it was already a part of her mythology from her inception. As Lourdes was making her way through her childhood and adolescence in the 1950s Mexico, the boom of television was taking over, like the radio had exploded in the early 1900s. When her family decided to get a TV, she said one of the couple of channels that were available would air Lucha Libre at night, and she became transfixed. In the early 1900s leading into the 30s, Mexican combat fighters were creating a new type of wrestling that was a mixture of the French catch-as-catch-can and the Greco-Roman and the United States wrestling styles. And out of this turducken, Lucha Libre was born, attracting an audience and a fandom that was explosive 
and from the squared circle, where fans flocked, the fame of luchadors began expanding into other areas of media, comic books, television, like I said, sports magazines, movies, and more. Lourdes asked her dad over and over again if he would take her to the arena so she could see these wrestlers in person, but he flat out refused and never gave in to her. She discusses that he wouldn't take her because she was a girl, and he did not think it was an appropriate place for a young woman to be. She says she carried that with her for a really long time, and it would only be until she picked up the camera on her own for the first time that she would take herself to the arena. She describes the camera as a way to really figure out your wants and needs, and this wouldn't be until a little bit later. Lourdes was interested in art from an early age and began painting very young, but when it was time to go to university, she enrolled at Mexico City's Iberoamericana University. There, Lourdes would meet a teacher that would inspire her for the rest of her life, Matias Goritz. He had a kind of anti-academic, decadent view of life, which gave Lourdes this boundless exploration to take her art. Once he assigned a project to his students to simply bring in a work of art, but he demanded that it would go beyond limits of the artistic tradition that they knew. While others came back with still-life drawings and sketches, Lourdes and her friend Sylvia Gomez-Tagel showed up with an empty frame and an atomic bomb in the inside. And Matias was moved. Lourdes's first exhibitions played with the perceptions of one's senses. Like she would use floodlights, mazes of murals, psychedelic lighting, and gastronomical pieces. You know, going between sight, sound, you know, like smell and all this other stuff. At this time, she was still using the paintbrush as her artistic medium. But on a trip to Paris in 1968, Lourdes discovered just what photography could capture that this other medium could not at all, and she decided that she was going to take her artistic talents from painting to photography completely, and she wanted to dedicate herself to it. She loved the kinetic energy that could be captured by a camera, and she quickly decided she wanted to bring this new artistic tool into Lucha. Because of her interest in it at a young age, bringing this there into that space felt almost natural for her. She wanted to attend that place that brought her such excitement as a child, now that she was an adult and could bring herself there. When she began her journey in photography and would go to wrestling arenas with her camera, she was met with a lot of pushback by men who had never seen a woman photographing wrestlers before, almost echoing her father not wanting to bring her there in the first place as a child, that the space wasn't made for her. And people reacted angrily at first, but when she started to explain to them what she really wanted to do, the promoters began catering to her after a while, and they ended up giving her a special entrance into the arenas. Unlike the other photographers working at these events, she was not in competition with any of them because she wasn't selling to the sports magazines at the time. She had a less capitalistic approach to her work. And it kind of almost makes her work 
I don't know if it's the capitalist approach, but it just, this makes me think about how romantic looking at her photographs is. You can feel this like fandom and this expression that she shows through the way that she looks at these people. It's very romantic. I cannot think of like a less romantic thing than capitalism, honestly. It's like the least sexy shit. Sorry. In general, Lucha Libre photographers over the years had been looked down upon by other sports photographers because kind of like everybody looks down on professional wrestling. There's a class element that comes with loving wrestling and poorer people tend to be attracted to it. And maybe there's a root there with like the possible like circus and carnival were so uh, accessible to people who didn't have very much money. I don't know. The person that exploded Lucha Libre with their career in Mexico became very close with Lourdes as she began photographing all of these people. When I discuss Lucha Libre beginning to spread into different spheres of media, like i.e. magazines, film, television, comic books, the person I'm really talking about is El Santo. I talk to everybody in my life about wrestling to probably an annoying degree. And one of my parents' longtime best friends since I was a child grew up in Mexico in the 1940s and 50s. And he said wrestling was really never for him. Um, He never really was super attracted to Lucha Libre, but he loved Santo. He would go and see him perform because he was the exception and everybody loved him. And he talks about it with love in his heart still. Santo was almost the stuff of legend. His career spanned over five decades long, which is absolutely unheard of. He was in over 50 movies spanning 25 years, permeating people's lives in all directions. As I said before, television, comic books. He was more than just a luchador. So when Lourdes started her career... She was confronted with this huge star that was El Santo that she had seen since she was a child. He and Lourdes quickly became friends. And she talks about him being very generous, but he was very generous in general, she says, and it's just the way that he was. She had never seen someone so beloved by the people of Mexico. She talks about being in the middle of nowhere, filming a movie with him and... She was taking stills for this film. And because it was low, really, really, really low budget, they would film in friends' houses, in the streets, in alleyways. And she said that whenever it was outdoors, after word would travel that El Santo was there, people would gather around in sometimes the hundreds, and he would stay there until every single person got an autograph and got to speak with him. And although they were friends, and she was friends with Blue Demon, his longtime tag team partner, she never saw either of their faces, and she talks about never actually wanting to. The other wrestlers she worked with, photographed, you know, and developed relationships with, removed their masks and showed her their face. But she never saw theirs. El Santo passed away in 1984, and I could only imagine... What a difficult time that would have been for the whole country of Mexico and, of course, his family and, you know, Lourdes herself. 
through the images that she captured, she really depicted the wrestler fan dynamic in such a specific way. She took a lot of photos of the fans, you know, showing how important they are to this whole performance that's being taken on. You know, she has all of these photos of entranced faces of three-year-old toddlers to 90-year-old grandmothers, almost reflecting, you know, her own fandom within it, because she is such a fan at the end of the day. Since Lourdes would go back to these arenas and take photos every week or so of luchadores, she had developed a close relationship with Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre, which was, I think, the first wrestling promotion in Mexico City at all. And they would allow her to maneuver herself through the matches, capturing her photos without being seen. Uh, But at this time, women's wrestling had been banned in Mexico City since around 1950, so when if she wanted to see any luchadoras, she had to travel to the state of Mexico because that's where they were allowed to wrestle. And she realized while doing this that so many women were working class women supporting their families in a million different ways, only one of them being as luchadoras. When it came to the men that she photographed as well, The wrestlers that weren't as famous as Blue Demon or El Santo, she found that so many of them had to have second jobs. Because if you weren't, if you were wrestling every week, you could make a living, she says, but so many people weren't able to perform every week or weren't given that opportunity. She began photographing these luchadores and luchadoras at their second jobs as dental hygienists, a police officer, a priest, teachers. She then dove through another plane of their existence and was invited into some of the people's homes, and she started taking photos of them in their own personal spaces. Because they're real people. She took photos of them with their children, you know, their siblings, with their parents, in their homes. Taking a photo of a luchadora that is a villain, a ruda, Holding and feeding her infant child, Lourdes was excited to explore these dichotomies. The women that she came to know were what she referred to as doubly heroic. While they were talented in their own right, they were barred from performing in the capital, where the large arenas and large paychecks resided. She photographed so many luchadoras, some being La Briosa, Martha Villalobos, Pantrita Serena, and Irma Gonzalez. Some real stars that weren't given the same opportunity as their male counterparts until around the 1980s. Something about Lucha Libre that moved Lourdes so much was the dance-like way that wrestling exists, especially Lucha Libre, which makes me personally think about how people say wrestling ain't ballet. But now it's kind of been re-examined that you see kind of that's untrue because they're so much closer than one would think. Even Darren Aronofsky, when making the movie The Wrestler, released Black Swan afterwards as a companion piece. Lourdes intercepted another facet of these wrestlers' lives and would photograph them at parties that they would attend together, the dancing that took place. 
everyone dancing with their friends and their partners, wearing their masks, drinking beer. She would photograph a beauty contest where someone would be named the First Lady of Lucha Libre every year. It was really beautiful, sparkly, shiny, and satin-looking, and it's so lovely. You should look at the photos. Lucha Libre is special and different from other types of wrestling. Lourdes says this is because it's so inextricably linked to Hispanic culture, and it can be felt when you watch it. She said she really realized this in earnest after inviting a friend to go to a wrestling match with her. She said he was not a very big fan after coming away from it, and he wanted to take her to some theater in response. So to do so, he took her to the county of Tabasco, to the Campesino Theater, whose actors were made up of majority Mexican indigenous people. She discovered that her work with Lucha Libre had, quote, served as complementary explorations into the characteristics of Mexican indigenous people. The naked or masked faces held clues to the collective identity that had migrated from the countryside to the cities, still conserving its roots and its artistic inspiration. She continued photographing these actors in this theater at different productions that they would put on for a long time. I'm not going to talk that much more about it because I am focusing more on the wrestling aspect of her life and her art. Although it is very interesting and I so highly recommend that you go to her website and read her biography. It is so detailed and, and just such an interesting read. And while Lourdes put together all of her works and continued expanding her tendrils into different areas of art, she, in 2006, was a part of a very interesting film that came out. With all of her experience working on the films of Luchadores and El Santo, and the historic ones that she took part in, really led her to help the producers of the movie Nacho Libre. They wanted to capture this movie about Lucha Libre correctly, and they approached the first lady of Lucha Libre photography, who had worked on these movies that they were parodying, which I just thought was so interesting that they had reached out to her, and that she really did work and help them. There's so much more that Lourdes has done throughout her life and her career, I just wanted to mention such a small part of it because it's so wonderful to talk about and to read about, I think, and to hear about someone that did so much for something that she loved so dearly. I recently listened to an interview with this woman discussing a biography that she wrote about another woman, and something that she said in it was that obsession is rewarded. When you have a loved, obsessed feeling about something and you go a little bit deeper into that and you find its roots and your roots within those roots, it can be rewarded and it can be actualized. And I think that's what happened with Lourdes. Sports and then Lucha Libre became a part of her mythology, a part of her story, a part of what she created. I really cannot emphasize enough how much you should go look at her photos. It will make you feel so many things. 
They're lovely, and I would be so honored one day to own one. I really hope I can. <laughs> I don't know if she even sells it, really, or if that's something that would even be possible for my broke ass, but we'll see one day, maybe. <laughs> She's just so inspiring. Throughout the book that I mentioned at the beginning of this that was such a big source for me, the writer Carlos Monsive discusses a philosopher by the name of Rothard Barthes, and a book that he wrote called Mythologies, where within it, in an essay, he discusses wrestling. And I wanted to end with a quote that seemed really interesting to me from Mythologies by Rothard Barthes. A finality so precise demands that wrestling be exactly what the public expects it to be. The wrestlers know just how to inflict the spontaneous episodes of combat towards the image which the public creates out of the marvelous great themes of its mythology. And Lourdes became a part of that mythology. From her own, from her family, into what she created. She became and is a part of it, still. The mythology of Lucha Libre. If you're still listening, I want to say thank you so much. Queen of the Ring was created by me, Alexa Pruitt, and the music is created by Kreider Dane of Helter Skelter Music Productions. If you like what you hear, join us again. And thank you so much. Music.